This is the Wellness Puzzle Podcast with Andrew Jobling, author, speaker, educator, entrepreneur, and AFL player. Join Andrew as he continues his lifelong journey as a student of human behavior. This podcast will help you live your passion, explore your potential, step into your power, and embrace your possibilities. Embrace your possibilities. possibilities. Andrew Jobling here, and this is the Wellness Puzzle Podcast, and I'm excited to be with you for another week. I'm about to speak to Jamie Ryder, and let me tell you, this man is a great storyteller. He's incredibly passionate, and he's going to move you, hopefully move you in the direction of your dreams. On his website, he's a mindset coach, life business athlete, and it says live with purpose, freedom, fulfillment, and gratitude. Now, I reckon we all want that. He loves empowering people. He's got an amazing background from being a cowboy to a financial planner, as you do, into construction, and now he's a mindset coach. He's got about 250,000 connections on TikTok, which is not a biscuit for those of you that are over 40 or 50 years old. It's actually a social media platform. He's an incredible influencer. He's having a massive impact on people's lives. You're going to love this conversation, so please enjoy my podcast with Jamie Ryder. Jamie, hello, mate. How are you? Very, very well indeed. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited for this conversation. We met for the first time a couple of weeks ago, and we just sort of clicked, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. It's good talking to, you know, you find certain people in life when you just, you travel a certain direction, you just tend to I don't know, vibrate at the same level, get the same things, talk the same language, yep. um, do crazy stuff that the other person goes, yes, I get it. Bring it no, on. Not just me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. I love crazy. I think crazy is where we should all aim for. People are far too busy being normal or trying to fit in with what is expected or fit in with what society suggests they should do or what family or parents or friends think they should do and they miss out on some of the greatest joys in life, eh? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. One of the, you know, I teach people all around the world authenticity. You know, it's like be you. There's no one better at it. You know, that doesn't mean we don't grow as humans. We all like to grow and evolve, but at the same token, to your core, be you, be true to you, and you and I do that really well. We do. We're good. I do yeah. me better than anyone else could do me. Oh, and you do it particularly well. You know, it's exceptional, and and that's what I do. That's. It's one of the things that um, as as we get through this interview and we go through all that sort of stuff, you will just get an unfiltered version of the person I am, good, bad, and indifferent. Good, mate. Well, we want unfiltered. That's good because we want real. I think no point hiding things, no point pretending, no point saying stuff that's not real because people don't learn from that. They don't grow from that. They don't get inspired by that. So, mate, I appreciate that. You've got a story and a half. I know you have, and I know you're even going through your own challenges right now. I don't know whether you want to talk about those challenges right now, but you know that's just life, isn't it? Every day yeah. we're going to face something that we yeah. have to deal with, and how we deal with it is effectively going to determine how our life turns out. And I know, mate, you are someone who has dealt with adversity in your life, and you've turned that into something pretty amazing. Just before we get into your story, you're having enormous success in the mindset coaching space, particularly working with yeah. women that have gone through some sort of domestic abuse, violence, bullying, that sort of thing? Yeah, it's one of the things, um, none of my programs are tailored to women. It's just that I find in this space, women are the ones that come forward, which is sad. More men need to come forward. 
they uh, do. predominantly at the moment. Um, having said that, you know, I've had two men this week join the program, which is awesome. But yes, I work with people that have suffered you know, any sort of trauma, not just domestic trauma, you know, sexual assaults. You know, I've gone through a bankruptcy. So there's a whole lot of different traumas that people suffer, not just, you know, whether it's relationship trauma or domestic violence or sexual assault or those sorts of things. But, you know, holistically trauma sits on all different levels, but the way back is relatively similar Yep. Um, in, in its primary approach. So yeah, work in that space. Yeah, and it's been really interesting to watch this space grow. And you've taken a pretty unique approach, haven't you? Because I know your yes. background is construction. Yes. And you've sort of found TikTok, which I'd never really heard of. When I saw on your LinkedIn profile, you're a TikTok influencer. I'm thinking TikTok, that was a biscuit. That was a sweet biscuit. Do you remember TikToks? Yeah, the Kids. way you learn how to tell the time. Exactly. You and I have that vintage we remember that most people are going, what are they talking about? Well, Correct. if you've got no idea what a TikTok is, there's a biscuit that I was iced on one side yep. and there were different flavors and different colors of yep. icing. On the other side was a clock face with a different time. Right. Every biscuit had a different time yep. in it. Yep. So it was a great way to kid your parents that you were learning how to tell the time and fill yourself up on yummy biscuits. Absolutely. So you'll tell us a bit more about what TikTok is, and I've learned since that it's a obviously quite a popular social media platform, and you've, you're doing enormous amount of work and good and getting your message out there. How did the TikTok thing happen? Well, it was interesting. You know, part of my journey, you know, it's one of those things where I go, life doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. And I've been knocked down many, many times, which just says to me that I've got so much to learn. What God has in store for me <laughs> means I need to learn a lot. So it's like you go through all these tests to learn. And I was running, I was MD of an organization and had taken it to some pretty big heights. And as a consequence of what I'd done there as MD, they wanted to build the business up and sell it, which I had done, brought people in and so forth. And well, I got it to the level two sell and then a pretty bad business deal happened as a consequence of that bad business deal. I won't say by whom because just for legal reasons, but, um, of course. you know, um, as a consequence of that, um, I moved on. As long as it wasn't you, mate. <laughs> was good. Um, I'm still in good communication with those people, but I moved on to the people and culture space and was doing some consultancy around people and culture as we came into COVID and the first budget that seemed to go was people and culture. Isn't that so, crazy? The first cutback is the, the one that's probably the most important. Yeah, the most critical aspect got cut back straight away because, and, and I understand from a CEO MD position where they're looking at certain numbers and so forth, but numbers are made from people and, and, and so many senior managers just don't get it. But anyway, that's the reality. So budgets got cut um, and I'm sitting here going, well, awesome opportunity here. You know what that opportunity is, I'm not sure. But what I am going to do is I had heard about this TikTok thing, just like you, I'm like TikTok. What the hell is TikTok? Is it a biscuit? <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, what the hell is TikTok? Turns out to be a social media platform. And then some significant influences like Tony Robbins was on it, like Gary Vee was on it, like Simon Sinek was on it. And you're listening, these are people that I follow, yet I'm getting told it's a kid's app for dancing. Um, well, it sounds like a kid's app, doesn't it? Yeah. So I was like, listen, okay, whatever. And I had a couple of young people say, you would just blow up if you got on it. And I'm like, what would you kids want to hear from me? Seriously, right? So anyway, I thought, 
initially, I put some content out there thinking I'll be able to provide some business advice for people that are struggling, um, that are dealing with financial pressures because I've gone through liquidation, I've gone through bankruptcy, I've gone through rebuilding businesses, I've gone through franchising, all those sorts of things. And I go, I could give some significant advice here, but I'll start on mindset. Yep. Right? Because I think mindset is the key of everything. Yep. So I just started throwing some mindset stuff out there, not having a clue what I'm doing. Didn't know how to edit a video. I knew I could press plus. I knew how to press post and we were apples. So I started doing that and people started jumping on what my videos were, liking, commenting, love to know more, asking questions. So I started answering questions. And then my daughter got bullied and she was actually told to go kill herself. This was right in the early stages. They said, I hope you get COVID. You should go and end your life. And she oh, was in a really dark place anyway through a separation with a, you know, uh, her first boyfriend. And she was devastated. So I actually did a video on bullying. And I did a video on bullying quite different to what people were expecting. Now, I was in the gym. So for those that don't know, I've got a shaved head. Ripped and rock hard. I'm in the gym all the time and training, covered in tattoos, right? And here's this guy spitting things that they're not, they're expecting me to say, you know, we're going to find you, we're going to bash you. But that's not what I did. I started explaining what it is in a bully and how to actually navigate these waters and how to deal with it. You know, and then people are like, oh, you, you should teach this in schools. So it started growing there. Through that, it opened up a whole avenue of people that have been bullied into abuse and were suicidal. So I started doing a series of videos around that, you know, which then opened up all the areas that brought people. And I'm not sure if you'll put an edit in here, but we may want to do a trigger warning with some of the content, you know, around these subjects because yeah. they can be very triggering. Well, but I think as long as people are aware... That- You'll let us know, mate, when we're going into a tricky territory and people can choose to keep listening or or not. Absolutely. And and I'll go superficially um, unless you want to do a deep dive. But it started opening up those subjects. So I started doing some videos around mental health, suicide, mindset, um, self-worth, intuition. And then it grew from there, which got into a lot of relationship stuff. So I started putting some advice out there on, you know, relationships and narcissism and how to navigate those waters And it was all around self-worth. How do you build self-worth? How do you build self-trust? How do you build self-respect? And how do you navigate these waters in these horrible times? So we started doing that. And that's how it sort of grew. Um, And from there, it just sort of grew and grew and grew and grew. Where now I've got nearly 248,000. They call them followers. I, I hate the term. I go, I don't want followers. I don't accept followers. I look at it and go... To me, they're supporters. They support me, I support them. You yep. know, it's a two-way yep. street. Yeah, of course. You know, without them, I'm talking to nobody. Without the videos I'm putting out, they've got nothing to watch, so it's a two-way street. Yeah. Um, but that's how it grew, and, you know, from there I then started releasing other programs that I do and built an entire business around it, and it was something that I used to do more part-time. You know, and, and I'm, I'm sure we, we spoke about in the first meeting how when you come from a certain background and you do certain things, you know, you start mentoring people, coaching people, but it's more of a sideline thing because I run businesses to earn money. Yeah. Well, this was an opportunity where I could flip the tables and spin the 80, 20 rule. That's awesome. I love that story. 
but in purpose. I love it because it just shows, doesn't it? It doesn't matter where you come from, what your background is, what you've experienced. You can change on a dime. You can change direction. You can create something. And the other thing I believe is adversity gives us a platform to help other people. It always gives us an opportunity to really make a difference in people's lives, which is what you're doing, mate, which is pretty awesome. We might have a quick break and then we're going to come back and I wouldn't mind finding a bit more about Jamie Ryder, the story, the backstory that's got you to where you are today. And uh, I'm sure we'll find some gems in there. So we'll be back after a short break. How do you rate the most important things in your life? For many of us, long life and joy are high on the list. Important elements we can't buy, but the secret to attaining them is elusive and out of reach for many. Andrew Jobling has tackled these important questions in his book, The Wellness Puzzle, Living a Life of Joyful Longevity. Andrew solves the problem by teaching the seven pieces to optimal well-being. This is a must read. Find out more about The Wellness Puzzle and Andrew's other books at andrewjobling.com.au. Jamie, I reckon, well, I know construction is a pretty tough gig and there's a lot of interesting people, a lot of interesting experiences. I know quite a few people in construction. It can be an incredibly lucrative industry, but it can also be a very, very challenging one. Tell us a bit about the evolution. How did that all come about and then what was it that, got you to the point where you are now doing what you're doing well it's an interesting story because construction came on later in life i actually back in the day i was actually a cowboy i grew up in the country rode horses broke horses trained horses my sister was dating a qualified farrier so i left school to do my apprenticeship as a farrier so a farrier is someone who shoes horses so i did my apprenticeship as a farrier Um, And I did that for many years, qualified, got early release, started a business, had a successful business, couple of apprentices, really building things up and broke my back. Wow. Okay. Tell us about that. Well, it was one of those things, you know, the natural question everyone asks about, you know, when you say you broke your back, how'd you do it? So this kicks into mindset where I can't tell you the incident. I can tell you what happened. When I finally went in and had scans done, I had, my coccyx was broken in three places. My fifth lumbar was snapped in half. I had three discs completely disintegrated. The fourth disc at the time was prolapsed, which is now disintegrated. My spine had dropped one and a half centimeters below my coccyx. Um, I had PARS defects, bondylolithesis, which is a whole lot of words for just going, yep, you've got some lower back injury, right? But apart from all that, mate, you're okay. I was okay. Yeah, um, I was okay. And I continued to work. And it's one of those things when you've got a mindset, I was brought up in an era where, and with a father that was hugely powerful. He was a marathon runner. He had his own business. He was a workaholic, very disciplined, very respectful, but there were no excuses. There were no sick days. There were no rest periods. It was black and white. You know, are you dead? No, I'm not dead. Get up, go to school, right? Um, And it was as simple as that. So also getting into the the cowboy scene and the young man scene where we believe that we're tough and tough is a badge of honour, where typically it's not tough, it's stupidity 
that is actually the badge of honour and you just wear it wrong. It's ego. I was known as the bloke that could ride horses no one else could. I was known as the bloke that could shoe horses that no one else could shoe. And I wore it as a badge of honour. It's not until you get a little bit older where you're going, oh. <laughs> it's not, that, it's not that clever. Yeah. <laughs> you're not that impressive. No. I, I can relate no. 100%. But at the time, I felt unbreakable as I was breaking down. So I started taking a lot of painkillers because there was only one way to navigate it. You know, then I started taking more painkillers and I got heavier painkillers. And then at the end of the day, I'd having more painkillers and chasing it with drinks. And it was the only way that I could settle. I didn't sleep much. I didn't need to sleep much. So it was just one of those things. And it got worse and worse and worse. But so when I, one day I was under a horse and I literally just collapsed. I couldn't function. I went to stand up and I was bent over. I couldn't stand up. I couldn't straighten my back. And I'm like, Oh, this is not good. And um, funny enough, I, I grabbed the anvil, dragged it off the back of the truck onto the ground so I didn't have to stand, right? Stayed bent double and kept going. And I look back now laughing of the stupidity, but that's what I did. That's yeah, but how you my... say stupidity, but it was mindset. And the word mindset, I love that word because, yeah. I mean, it's very descriptive. Your yeah. mind is set in a direction. And that happened, obviously, to you from a young age where your mind was set to work hard, no excuses, no rest, get up, go again, tough up, princess, keep going, no pain, no gain, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, I think stupidity is just being a bit hard on yourself because that's your conditioning. You were conditioned yeah. that way. Now, was it a sensible approach? Was it a holistic approach? No. But it wasn't stupidity because yeah. it was what you knew. And yeah. I think we all operate based on our mindset. We all do what we do unconsciously because that's how we've been programmed, how we've been conditioned, and the results we get are the result of that. Now, a lot of people end up where they don't want to be and say, I'm so stupid. Well, I think we've got to take stupid out of the vocabulary because none of us are stupid. We just need to maybe reset our mind yeah. for a different If you don't like the direction you're heading or the place you've arrived, then reset your mind and head off in a different direction, which is exactly yeah. what you've done. So, mate, you're not stupid. Let me say this. If you kept doing it and you're still doing it today, Correct. stupid. Correct. As but you're about... not. You've learnt. You've evolved. Yeah. So, yeah. mate, of... take some credit. Yeah. I do say to people, you know, what, what have you got to take out of the past in order to live in the present, bring lessons, wisdom, knowledge, and experience forward and leave the trauma and the mistakes in the past. That's what they're there for. You know, so when you can bring them forward, apply them to your life, you can create significant shift. And 100%, I have done that. But that's where it was. So when I was in, with the neurosurgeon, you know, it was like, how did you do it? Um, but he could actually see multiple injuries, you know, that looked aged differently. And so it was one of those things. I can look at certain events and there's, there's probably two or three things. Like I was in a car accident where the car rolled. I was on a horse that bolted, ran through a fence, a big thoroughbred that catapulted me over and I was doing somersaults, landed on my back. That probably would do um, something, you know. I would imagine. Yeah, so it's like I can remember a couple of instances where I go, I remember that was pretty bad, but it didn't stop me. Where the injuries are bad enough where, I mean, you see some people that have got one prolapse disc and their life's over, you know. So you're going, the injuries are definitely bad enough to stop you. But my mind was like, but it's one of the things that really taught me about mindset, you know, and it's about understanding a whole host of things about mindset. And it really does come down to, you know, whether you believe you can or you can't, you are always right. 
and that was one of those things. So it started my career, you know, in those days. So when I'm looking at the roof going, where to from here? I'm young. I've got goals. This is not going to stop me. So I was, you know, laying at the roof. Um, I had a timber roof and I was counting the knots in the timber roof because when you're on your back for six weeks, unable to move, it's not much more, you know, but my mind was active and and I'd come to the realization that I was going to become a financial planner. Far as I was concerned, I was always good at maths, good with money, good at making money. Financial planning was a calling. Makes sense. (laughs) Made sense. Made sense. So I reached out to the president of the Financial Planning Association because I wanted to work for the best. And I got an interview. I remember in the interview trying to use big words and (laughs) realized, nope, all my big words are veterinary terms. No use in here. (laughs) Did it impress anyone? Listen, I got the job. Okay. So you impressed someone. I even got the job, which was interesting. I got sent to Morgan and Banks for a psych valuation. Now, you got a picture. I've been a cowboy living in, you know, shoeing horses for a living, cowboy, and I didn't own a suit. So I had to go and buy a suit. And, well, black suit, black tie, white shirt, black pant, 200 bucks, right? 200 bucks, I'm in the finance. And so they sent me to Morgan and Banks for a psych evaluation. Um, there's a whole story around that that's really funny, but we'll go into that another time. But anyway, the result came back and they said, um, when I came back from my interview, they said to me, well, they said to the director that this guy doesn't even have the ability to learn. What? Yeah. How can you that's, possibly make that conclusion about anyone? Yeah, that's what came back. They've gone, we've never had anyone fail this test so dismally. <laughs> The first part of the psych evaluation, I had to sell a watch. And they said that was incredible. But then when I did the academic stuff, you go, this is part of that dumb stuff where they're going, they didn't ask me a single question about anything that I knew. Right? So they asked me about, you know, I had to do an exercise around printers. They go, I hadn't been on a computer. I've been in a paddock. They did things where, you know, I'm dyslexic. So they gave me a lot of word-orientated things. And I'm going, I have no idea. Um, It was actually quite funny, but... Going there is a funny story. But anyway, so anyway, I said to the director, I said, before you sent me to Morgan and Banks, I said, what did I tell you? And he said, you told me not to send you there. I said, correct. I said, so what this result tells you is that I know myself. I knew you were wasting your time sending here. I told you the result before I went there. And I was right on both accounts. I said, so I do have an ability to learn. I can learn anything that I choose to learn. You've just asked me questions that I've never been exposed to. I said, I've got money behind me. What I'm prepared to do is pay my own way for six months. All I ask is that you give me a seat in this building so I can start learning what an office is, how an office works. I'll do admin work while I study. And then when I get to this stage of my diploma of financial planning, you take me on. And he goes, done. So I got the job. And anyway, I went and passed what I had to pass, became qualified, and yeah, then moved on from there, got into financial planning. And the trajectory was ridiculous. So I was given the first exercise, 10 names, see if you can make some appointments. So I come back at the end of the week, go, I need another another list of names. And the director said, oh, before I give you another list of names, how did you go? Did you speak to any of them? Well, what do you mean did I speak to them? I said, I've rung them. 
made appointments, been out, sold policies, and I'm needing the... What do you mean you sold policies? He pulls up the report. I'd sold 14 policies. You start with insurance, you see. Um, I'd start sold 14 policies, had something like eight other appointments off the back of it. <laughs> and he's going, what? He's gone, you've done more than anyone else. And I'm like, what do you mean I've done more than anyone else? I just assume he meant go and make his names like... He did want me to make appointments and make sales, but he wasn't expecting, you know, back in those days, ring a hundred people, get 10 appointments, out of 10 appointments, get one sale. And I'm like, well, that seems like a waste of time. Why ring a hundred people, you know, to make one sale? Why not ring 10 people, make 10 sales? That makes more sense to me. Get referrals off those 10 people and build from there. So anyway, within 18 months of that, I became the sales manager and I was selling financial plans and all that, but it was, I didn't really like it. So from there, I got in and did a host of other things. I went into retail management. I went into, uh, I bought a business going into liquidation, built it up, sold it off. I was getting experience in different areas. And then I got known for a few things and I got called to a software company. And they said to me, we've, we've developed software. We've been trying to sell it for 18 months, can't sell it. Can you come and help us? Yep, no problem. So I ended up turning that into a $100 million sale globally, through their program in the bin, architectured a new program based on something that they were doing in another company, grew that, um, moved on from there. Then I got into, got asked to come to a plaster business to build it up. It was in a lot of trouble. Did that. I got screwed over quite a lot because people would offer you big things when their business is in trouble. Then when you get them back to the numbers that they want and it's time for them to start bringing you into the business, they don't want to do that. Yeah. You know, and I, I got to a point, I'm like, I'm sick of this. I got screwed over by that software company. I got screwed over by this other business. I went in partnership with another business to help this guy build it, do it, built it all the numbers up and he got greedy. And I'm like, screw this. I'm, I'm going to go back out on my own. So that's when I set up the other construction business. Built it up, but that's how the question was, how do I get into it? It's a little bit of a long story. That was a lo- I wasn't expecting that, but it was an interesting journey, mate. Wow. Yeah. Because people, how did you, what the, how old are you, 100? It's like, (laughs) no, I just do stuff. But I blame a lot of it. And when I say blame, I blame a lot of the success on dyslexia. I think it's such an ability. It's like a a superpower. Okay, explain that. What it does is I don't see things the same as other people. So, you know, you put a, a page of words in front of me and people read the words where when you're dyslexic, you more memorize patterns and that's how you read. And I see patterns in stuff. So it's, I go into a business, I look at the financials, I talk to a few people and I can just tell you the solution. I know what needs to happen to turn the business around where, you know, people, oh, wow, that's clever. It's like, no, that's all I see. I don't see the stuff. Like you see all the obstacles and all the problems, all the... Like I see the solution. It's like that's the thing that rises to the top. And I've just been able to apply that to any field I get into, I can see the solution. So when I got into this space, it was one of the ones where I'd been working for 35 years, coaching people and helping people and doing different things. But when it came to then going, okay, this is now going to be your number one opportunity, it was about seeing what is the solution that can help the most amount of people in a streamlined way, completely different approach 
to create positive shift. And to me, it was a mad scientist moment, sort of got up on the whiteboard, stuff went everywhere and then developed this solution. And it's revolutionary and it's turning people's lives around. So there's a superpower. That is a superpower. Yeah. But see, this is mindset. You look at something and people, you know, that, that they'll say something. You go, and if that something is in your life, there's incredible people we see out there with, with no arms, no legs, and there's nothing they can't do. You go, that's mindset, you know, and it's kind of like, throw me a problem, I'll show you a solution. And when that's every transaction of your life, you can start really shifting. It's a good habit to get into. It is. So what we're going to do, mate, we're going to have another break, but I want to come Perfect. back and I would love to, and I know people listening would love to know how to see the solution. Right sure. now, there's people are going through trauma, they're going through challenge. Melbourne, we're now, as you and I speak, we've just yeah. been gifted another at least seven days lockdown. Who knows how long that's going to happen for. And so many people are responding poorly to this. And as you said, mate, that is mindset because they're not looking at the solution, they're looking at the problem. Yeah. So I think this is a nice area for us to dig into after a short break. Yeah, for sure. Fitness is an essential piece of the wellness puzzle. First step, finding someone to help you on your fitness journey. But finding a personal trainer or class you love isn't always easy. That's where Fiddy comes in. Fiddy is the app to help you discover trainers and classes near you. Find one you love and connect. Booking session times or classes has never been easier with Fiddy's unique live calendar view system. Download the Fiddy app in the App Store or Google Play today. Jamie, now this is going to be difficult because as a dyslexic, you say that's a superpower, right? So you just, unlike most people that can see things normally on a page, you've said sort of almost intuitively you see solutions and you've been able to apply that into other areas of your life. What about for mere mortals that are not superhuman like you? Like me, for example, I'm doing this because I want to learn how I can do it. I'm sure other people want to know as well. How do you go about that when you're faced with a pretty serious dilemma, broken back, bankruptcy, all sorts of issues? What's the process you go through to see the solution? Yeah. So I go through something that's, it's a hard lesson to learn and there's a methodology I take people through to learn it. But in brief, the first thing I do is I become grateful for it. Yep. Love that. Gratitude is the most powerful character trait that you can have. And it's one of those things, gratitude for winning a million dollars. You don't have to have too much of a skill for that. No. Right? Getting pushed down, being grateful for that situation. Okay, now that's a skill. All right, going bankrupt. When I went bankrupt, I wrote a list of 100 items that was good, and I was grateful for going bankrupt. 100? 100. 100. It, I ended up with 111, but the task was 100. And the reason I did that was because perspective is everything. And it's one of those things. So you look and you go, I was financially set. I was the first of all my peers to buy a house. I was the first one to have an investment. You know, I was financially set and secure. And going through a liquidation, I had to... Liquidation and bankruptcy are two different things, but when you go through a liquidation, the liquidation then finally takes you out personally, you go into bankruptcy. And you look at it and you go, okay, I'm just going to tear up $2 million. 
well, who in their right mind would tear up $2 million? Like, to me, that is lunacy. What I said was, okay, you want my money. I'm going to get $4 million worth of lesson. To me, that sounded fair. You want to take it when I don't want to give it? Well, I want double in return. So I, I went and hunted every experience, lesson, knowledge, wisdom, you know, that I could grab from it. And I also looked beyond me because I think that is also very, very important because there's so much than just me. Yep. You know, I've got a most beautiful, supportive, loving wife. You know, I've got amazing children. I've got great friends. And then there's a world out there. And if I can share this, then it becomes an asset. It's not a loss. It's only a loss if in your mind you go, I lost. I always look at it through the eyes of life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. You may not understand it, but if you don't hunt the understanding, you never will. Yep. What you hunt, you find. Anyone that hunts misery comes back we'll to misery. It. Yeah. So what I do is first thing, I apply gratitude to it because that shifts my perspective. And you've got to go to the fourth perspective to find gratitude. Then what I do is I see trauma like a bit of mesh, so like a fly screen. So if you focus with everything you have on the fly screen, you can just see the fly screen. But if you actually look through it, you know the fly screen is there, but you can see through it. You can see what's coming. You can see everything that's happening. So trauma quite often is like, it's like I'm not ignorant to it. And that's why I say it's not behind me. It's not that I'm turning my back on it because I'm leaning into it. So I'm actually looking at it like a fly screen. So I can actually, I recognize that there's something that needs to be dealt with. Because if you just turn your back on it, that's like suppression, right? Where I actually want to get to the point where I can detach from it. But in the immediate, you know, how do you get anything from it? Well, if you're pushed down, if you're not looking at getting back up and all you're seeing is this brick wall in front of you that's impenetrable, you go, you'll get nowhere. But I, I see it as a fly screen. I can look straight through it. I'm looking for what needs to happen in this situation. What do I need to learn? What do I need to do? How do I need to focus? Where's my time best spent? You know, how do I prioritize things? You know, you look at the way in which we are brought up. Sometimes... You know, when we're brought up with a do, 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 do type attitude, sometimes the world's saying to you, whoa, slow down, stop, listen. So then it's about becoming in tune to your intuition. And it's understanding what that's saying. And then you can start moving through it. Then you've got to go to a step of understanding your worth. Because whenever you go through a significant trauma, a part of your self-worth gets taken away. So it's about, okay, how do you control self-worth? Well, it's not about going, okay, well, let, let just believe in yourself. That doesn't work. First, you've got to respect yourself. So how do you respect yourself? Well, you've got to be congruent to you. You've got to set activities and tasks that you've got to do and then go and do them. Because when you do them, you start trusting yourself. When you start speaking your truth, you start trusting yourself. When you represent yourself, you start trusting. When you stop talking bad about yourself, you start trusting yourself. When these things happen, you start getting your respect back, which helps you do more of these things. When your respect comes back, you start finding your worth and you fall in love with yourself again. And it enables you to go 
when you've done that, I then go a character level. And I like to understand the character that that trauma has evolved in my life. Because character is what resides at the center core of your consciousness. You know, you don't get issued courage by a certificate. You want courage? Here's a little certificate here. No, you have to be put in a situation where you have to face your fears. You have to step forward. You're going to be presented with a situation to be courageous. And that's the only way to get courage. You want resilience? Well, you're going to have to put yourself out there and you're going to get knocked down. That's okay. But you're going to get back up and you're going to earn resilience. And when you start recognizing what the trauma has done for you, you know, and it's not all about the masculine traits. It's also about the other traits. Like you go through a situation like this and you start understanding vulnerability and the power of vulnerability. You start understanding empathy. You start understanding compassion. You start understanding love and honor. You start understanding where your ego sits and how that is being so damaging to you. And all these go, then you start understanding this is your identity. This is a true identity of who you are. And that's the character that resides within you. Then you can detach from the trauma because you've got the wisdom, the knowledge, the lessons, the experience, you're feeling gratitude, you've refound yourself. And the reality is that trauma now has no value. It's gone because it's done. Yep. And you go through a detachment process. I then educate people on how That's awesome, what man. their attachment process yeah. is. Yeah. Wow. You know, to re-engineer that. Then I go into purpose again. I don't start with purpose. I actually end with purpose. Because the person that's gone through a significant trauma is going to, you know, I have people come to me and they're looking for just not this heavy weight and pain. And I go, so your goal is to not be shit. I want more for you. It's like my purpose is to ignite people's potential into meaningful action so they can live a life of freedom, yep. fulfillment, and gratitude. That's my purpose. Yeah. You know, so we finish with their purpose. That's awesome. Then they dealt with trauma. You've moved on. It's not suppressed. It's not going to come back and get you in years to come. Right. And then you're building. But these are all tools you can apply to of relationships, to business, Absolutely. Every, to every friendships, yep. to parent groups, to children. Well, mate, that's incredible. And you shared that so incredibly generously too. That's amazing, mate. And it's all stuff that we can do. Yeah. And I love that, um, again, looking at trauma and you don't buy courage. You don't have courage. You put yourself in a position where you need yeah. to show courage. It reminds me of the great movie Evan Almighty. Do you remember that one? Evan Almighty. When when God came down and said, you need to build an ark. Oh, yes. I, I can't remember the name of the actor, but it was a funny one. And his family yeah, yeah. end up getting out and running away because he's gone crazy because he keeps growing this beard and wearing this white. And the wife meets God who's serving in the restaurant. And she says, you know, I just want my family to be close. And God, Morgan Freeman, who does God well, he said exactly that. He said when someone asks for courage, do you think they get courage or they get an opportunity to... Yeah. Show courage. When they want to be stronger, do you think they just become stronger or there's opportunity for them to gain strength? Yeah. When someone asks for a stronger family unit, does that happen or are they presented with an opportunity for the family to bond and grow stronger? And you don't often expect real profound moments in a comedy, but it's exactly yeah. what you're saying. I love it, mate. And I think what a great way for people to look at 
everything that's happening in their life. It's a way for them to build something, some character trait that's going to help them move forward in their life. Absolutely. One of the things I say to people is when choice is taken from you, because there's situations, you know, I work with women that have been so brutally, you know, attacked in the past. You go, when choice is taken from you, sometimes what is the only thing that you're left with to which they ponder? And the answer is choice. When choice is taken from you, you are left with choice. Choice as to how you are going to view this. Where is your focus going to be? Is your focus going to be on the past, the problem, the trouble, or is it going to be on the solution, the future? It's one of those, something that I say makes sense to me. (laughs) No, mate, I love it. And it's very similar to a quote from an amazing lady that I interviewed on podcast. Her saying was, when nothing is certain, anything's possible. And it's Mm. a sort of similar thing. When choice is taken from you, you have choice. It makes sense because we always have choice. We can't go out at the moment. Maybe that choice is taken, but I get to choose what I do when I stay in. I get to choose how I respond to that. I get to choose to focus on gratitude. People live under a glass ceiling. They live under a glass ceiling that has been set by someone that could never achieve anything more than it. You know, and I take people back and I go, you think, you know, you're talking about dad. You're talking about Daryl. You're talking about Tracy. These are the people that set your glass ceiling. Why use them? Let's have a look at Elon Musk. Elon Musk is saying, I tell you what, I'm going to set civilization up in Mars. Look at the Wright brothers. The Wright brothers owned bicycle shops and they went, we're going to create man-made flight. Now, everyone was laughing them. Everyone told them it couldn't happen. Everyone told them that they were crazy. But they're like, you know what? I know I can make this bike go faster, so why can't I build a plane? Absolutely. Their mindset didn't sit under a glass ceiling set by this world. And this world will have you operate under 40%. 40% is most people's ceiling at best. Yeah, at very best. Yeah. And you go, no, be careful what you aim for because you're just you just might get, get it. it. You'll get it. Absolutely. Mate, this has been such an amazing conversation. So I'm sure people listening to this are inspired, probably agitated a little bit, probably sitting there feeling a bit uncomfortable, which is okay. It is okay. Lean into it. Lean into it. Lean into it. Whatever trauma you're facing, challenge you're facing, however Jamie's agitated you, now's the time to act. So if they want to reach out to you, Jamie, how do they do that? Best way to reach out to me is via my website. My website is my name, so it's Jamie Ryder, J-A-M-I-E-R-Y-D-E-R.com.au. And you can have a look at my stuff there. I have a discovery session that people can book. So a 30-minute one-on-one is a really good place to start. So that's the best way to get onto me. If you want to go onto TikTok, my tag is jamierider04. Awesome. So now I know that you also have some amazing programs and you publish some amazing books around all of these things. Yep. Well, that's why you and I get on so well, mate, because we're very much on the same page. I mean, everything everything that I've achieved in my life, which I look back at and go, wow, how did that ever happen? All started with a belief, just a thought, a mindset. Why not? Why can't I? If I can take the first step, I can take the second one. If if I know where I'm heading and I know what I want, I can get moving in that direction and I know the path will open itself up for me. And and I think unfortunately for a lot of people, mate, they stop themselves before they even get started because they think about what they want. They go, well, I can't do that. They talk themselves out of it. 
yeah. rather than go, well, do you know what? What have I got to lose? What's the worst case if I just take a step in that direction? And every step we take builds confidence, builds belief, builds strength, but it also opens the path to us. So, yeah, I think, you know, we've got a lot in common, mate. That's why this conversation has been such an amazing one. It's been fantastic. I uh, I very much appreciate your time. Yeah, no, you're so welcome. I I appreciate the opportunity to share the message. and, And I always say if we can just, you know, help one person, Well, mate, you've helped more than one person, that is for sure. Certainly people listening to this have been helped, inspired, and hopefully moved in the direction of their very, very best life. So, mate, thanks again. I look forward to to continuing this journey and seeing for you and I where it leads. And um, good on you, mate, for all the amazing stuff you're doing. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I could have kept talking to Jamie for hours and hours and hours, but I just wanted to be respectful of your time, and that's why we cut it short. I'm sure you could have kept listening too because some of that stuff he was talking about is very, very powerful stuff. I mean, how he's negotiated a broken back, how he's negotiated bankruptcy, how he's negotiated all the challenges in his life and been able to look at them as a way to build his character is pretty incredible and build a very successful career out of it. And seeing the solution, such a simple concept, actually a simple thing to do. I think for a lot of us, when something happens, we're very quick to focus on the problem rather than go, okay, so how do I solve this? And Jamie's simple steps to help you do that, I know will make a massive, massive difference in your life if you apply them. And that's the key. It's great to hear it. It's wonderful to be entertained. It's lovely to listen to an interesting podcast. But if you're not taking action, applying it into your life, then it's sort of a little bit of a waste of time. Not totally, but... I want you to create permanent positive change as I know Jamie does. If you would like to reach out to Jamie, just go to his website, jamierider.com.au. The link will be in the notes of this podcast. So reach out to Jamie. He's waiting. would love to have a discovery session with you and a chat about where you're at and where you'd like to get, and I know he can help you do it. Thanks to Pietro and the team at Fiddy for sponsoring my podcast. I love what he's doing. He's helping people get moving getting healthier, getting fitter. He's helping personal trainers and wellness professionals build their business and impact more lives. It's great. I love it. And thank you, Pietro, for helping me spread my message. This has been another wonderful week of conversation, inspiration, and I hope you're feeling ready to rock and roll and focus on solutions this week. Go forth, live your best life, and be back with me next week because I absolutely will be back. My name is Andrew Jobling. This is the Wellness Puzzle Podcast. 